We are born free. And we will die free. The time in between, though, that's complicated. In that time, governments, institutions, and our egos will limit our ability to find true freedom in this life. These are real stories of real people overcoming the odds, persevering in justice, and unlocking their potential. Welcome to Finding Freedom. Here's your host, John Oderman. Hey, what's up, everybody? Thank you for joining me again for another episode of Finding Freedom right here on the Lions of Liberty podcast. And guys, you know, I, I'm honest about where I am currently in my venture to find my own freedom. Um, you know, I communicate with you pretty openly that, yes, I still do work a nine-to-five job in addition to side hustles that I have. And that is just one aspect of finding freedom is, you know, having that uh, income flexibility or income independence where you're able to uh, control your time and uh, spend your time as you wish and uh, make your money as you wish. Now, where I'm not, I where I am not where I want to be today uh, my guest today, on the, on the other hand, is someone who has done that. So he has walked the walk, and I'm excited for you to get an opportunity to hear from my guest today, because I think that's very important to hear from people who have walked the walk. From a selfish perspective, I want to hear from people who are walking the walk, because it helps me, and hopefully it helps you also, if that is something you are striving for. Now, I will introduce my guest in just a minute, but before I do that, uh, I want to just thank you guys, number one, for listening. I really do appreciate it. Uh, Lions of Liberty, you know, going through this these changes that we're going through uh, with Mark leaving the show and Brian and I, um, you know, doing some different things with, with uh, not with our, our shows are pretty much staying the same, but but adding in some different things on uh, on Fridays and changing th- some uh, some of the bonus shows up in the Lions of Liberty Pride. And there's going to be more to come with, with that. But I, I just want to thank you for sticking with us. Honestly, it, it means it means a lot. It, it means a ton. And I really do appreciate it. And probably most of you are already subscribed to the Lions of Liberty Network feed and or to my Finding Freedom solo feed. But, you know, if you're someone who listens frequently, even if it's not every week, if it's a couple times a month, I mean, subscribe to the show, have it right there, uh, get delivered to your little listening device, also known as a phone. And uh, it helps us, helps you. It's it's a win-win. So please subscribe. You can find my Finding Freedom solo feed uh, anywhere podcasts are found just by searching Finding Freedom and then my last name, John Odermatt, and uh, it'll pop up in any podcasting app. So thank you in advance for doing that. And without any more delay, let's jump in to today's show. I am live in the Lions of Liberty Pride with Kevin Koskella. Kevin's an online entrepreneur. He's an Amazon bestseller with experience as a business owner, a writer. He's a podcast host, investor, and he's a freedom ambassador. Perfect for this show. Perfect for finding freedom. Kevin turned his love for freedom into an online business in 2003. He became location independent and has since traveled to over 50 countries. His latest book, The Rebel's Guide to Freedom, is about embracing your inner rebel Connecting with your true self to build an abundant free world from the ground up. Kevin, welcome to Find Your Freedom. 
Thanks, John, for having me on. Yeah, great to have you here. And, you know, we've talked a bit off the show via email and, and on Twitter and DMs and uh, found that we, we have a lot in common here, I think. And to be quite honest, though, I think you're a little further down the road to achieving um, your own personal freedom than I am, um, which is inspiring to me. And I'm kind of selfishly excited to have you on the show to pick your brain um, for myself. But, um, you know, as I you know switch the focus of my show from, you know, mostly political criminal justice type issues to, you know, finding freedom. Um, I think a lot of my audience is really um, in this same same vein as well. So looking forward to digging into this. Before we do that, though, you know, before we talk about really the things that, that you're really known for and, and the books that, that you've written, I want my audience to get to know you a little better. So let's just start off with, you know, some background on yourself. Tell my audience really who you are and uh, and what you're all about. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I could go back to childhood and I could tell you I was a rebel from an early age, but I was definitely not like a punk rock type of rebel with a mohawk or any of that kind of thing. I was more of like an in- introvert who uh, just kind of rebelled internally. And um, I, I, when I was a, when I was a, a young child, I, I would get uh, punished a lot. And um, I, I think that that kind of led me to sort of, um, you know, eventually uh, sort of thinking there, there's something, something not, is not quite right in the world. And, and I think that led me to libertarianism, really. And, um, and also later uh, to wanting to explore the world. I mean, kind of both of those things uh, came out of childhood and, and sort of, um, you know, what, what had happened back then. And, and, um, and, you know, I, I went through uh, a lot of different phases of, uh, you know, for a while, I was like a Ron Paul guy. And I thought that the polit- politics were the way to change the world. And then uh, as I kind of grew a little bit older, uh, I realized that, that politics are really not going to, you know, there's not a lot that I can gain out of politics. And I don't think there's much that can be done in the political realm to uh, fix the problems that we have. And I sort of focus a lot more on how I can build my own freedom and how I can be free myself. And then uh, it can go out from there instead of, you know, instead of trying to change other people, you know, it's that whole thing of, uh, changing yourself first and then, and then bringing it out to other people. But, um, but yeah, I've done, uh, I've, I've been in, in, uh, involved with online businesses, uh, for quite a, a number of years. And, um, I started with a, a site that was, uh, teaching people swimming for triathlon. So it was, uh, swimming, uh, basically lessons and, and, you know, how to get faster in, in the water for triathlons. And, um, that, was from my background as a competitive swimmer uh, for many years. And I sort of just took that knowledge and brought it on online. And then I was able to achieve a little bit of freedom. Like I could travel and I could, you know, kind of sell my, it was first, it was DVDs. Then it was a membership site, memberships uh, to my site. And, um, and I it was allowed me to kind of go to different places and just take my laptop and, and work from wherever. And I wasn't making a ton of money, but I was making enough to get by and especially, going to cheaper places, you know, not, you know, getting out of the U S and, and going to spots that were a little more affordable. And then, um, yeah, so, uh, so then I decided at one point that, uh, you know, I, I think it was right around, right after COVID started, uh, I was living, I moved over to, uh, New Mexico for about a month and I just got a place for myself in the mountains. And, um, I, you know, everything was just so crazy with COVID. And I mean, I have so many stories and I'm sure you do too. And, uh, but, but I, I decided to write this book, uh, the the Rebels Guide to Freedom. That's where that's where the book, you know, kind of idea started, and then uh, it took me a couple of years to finish it. But um, but yeah, that's that, and that brings us to now. Yeah, and I mean, I think a lot of people probably resonate with what you talked about there, with you know, 
really Ron Paul lighting that fire, and uh, like we talked about pre-show, Harry Brown, and uh, you know, kind kind of starting out philosophically, look at looking looking at these uh, these ideas and looking at ways to use the you know the, the political machine that we have here in this country, and uh, I, I definitely have come to the same you know point in my life, the same conclusion as you, where you know I, I think at least right now in this country, I think getting involved politically, not, not, not wholly, but for, for the most part, especially when you get up to like the, the federal level with, uh, you know, senators and, and Congress, uh, congressmen, um, I don't think there's a lot we can do. I mean, everyone's bought and paid off uh, by pharmaceutical companies and the military, military industrial complex locally. Sure. Your, your school board, you know, your, your mayors, your, your, you know, city council men and women, I'm sure there's a lot that can be done to expand freedom that way if, if you can get involved locally. But uh, when it comes to like achieving personal freedom, um, you know, like, like you've done, lo- locational freedom, and you know, being able to make money from anywhere in the world, uh, that's that's not going to come from from politics. That's going to come from picking yourself up uh, from your bootstraps and, and making it happen. So I, I want to dig in a little bit more into just how you did that, how you made that happen. So you talked about being out in Arizona after COVID and you, you talked about really your first foray into uh, creating that um, online course for, you know, teaching uh, triathletes to, uh, was it tr- teaching triathletes to swim? Was that, was that what it was? No. So I had a, a unique situation. So I was working in the corporate world for a few years and, uh, sort of just, it just didn't work. I mean, you know, probably we're probably similar. Like it was really tough for me to have a boss of any type. And, uh, that just didn't work very well living the cubicle life and, you know, kind of trying to, uh, manage the office politics and all that it was just so terrible. And then, um, I got laid off and I was like, I was thinking, okay, I'll go back, get another job because I was living in San Francisco and my rent was insane. And so I, um, that, uh, that whole, uh, going back to interview and, and, and try to, uh, you know, find a job in, in that mm-hmm. world. It just wasn't working. I just didn't, I didn't feel it at all. So I'm like, I'd rather be poor. And I was married. So my wife was supporting us, you know, for the most part. And, uh, so I just started teaching swimming and it was just kind of like for fun. I mean, yeah, I was, was making a little bit of money, but definitely not like to afford San Francisco rent. So, um, but yeah, that, that, te- that teaching of like, I was doing swim lessons and I was coaching a master's team as 18 and over. And I was kind of just starting to do things that I wanted to do and, um, I was much happier. And so, but that led to just kind of discovering this niche of, oh, a lot of people that I'm teaching are doing triathlons. These are people that are in their twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, you know, um, and they all need swimming help. And it was like, this is a niche. This is interesting. Like, so I, I started researching online. I didn't find a lot of resources mm-hmm. for this. So I just created my own and I, I started with just an ebook and, um, you know, I kind of got over that, that hump of like, I'm not really, you know, I felt like I'm not, I'm, I don't have a name. I don't I'm not famous in swimming, you know, like I did, I, I, you know, I, I raced myself and I did some things that were, you know, at a reasonable like division two college and stuff like that. But, you know, I wasn't an Olympian. I wasn't, you know, anything like that. So I had to get over that, you know, cult of the expert. That's what Tim Ferriss would call it. Like, you know, it's like, I'm an expert because I know, you know, just 5% more than the people that are, you know, my, um, the people that are looking for, for help. So, so therefore I'm an expert. So I just declared myself an expert, started writing articles and, um, yeah, it sort of worked out. And, and this is before it became really difficult to get, 
uh, traffic from Google. I was I was able to, to start getting some traffic and and uh, things sort of worked out in in that way. And then and then eventually it, it just became it was like okay, I'm making enough money to say this is my full time thing. I mean, I had all these other things going on at the time with um, you know working part time jobs and all that. But then yeah, it did it, it did eventually become full time. Mm-hmm. I, I think like I'll just speak from my own perspective here, and I, I'm sure a lot of my listeners can relate to it who have you know side hustles and other things, but. I still work a, a full-time corporate job remotely. Um, so, you know, I'm putting in 80 hours a week or not 80 hours a week, 40 hours a week, 80 hours a week would be ridiculous. I'm not, a, I'm not a doctor. Thank God. Um, but 40 hours a week and, uh, do, do have several different side hustles that, that, that are really, I mean, really starting to scale and almost getting to the point where, you know, I could quit and bite the bullet. And, you know, my wife and I could, 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 could scrape by if we had to, we could do it much easier though, if we moved to a, you know, a different, you know, a different place where cost of living was lower and, and things like that. Not the cost of living is, is that bad where we are in Western Pennsylvania. But, uh, of course, if we moved like to Mexico or something, then uh, it would be, be a lot cheaper, but yeah. Um, right. so it's kind of like a, th- th- there's this point that, that, that I'm at where it's like, you know, I haven't fully replaced my income, but you know, it's it's almost like it's and and my friend Mark Mark Claire, who used to be part of Lions of Liberty and has since since spun off his own show, the Mark Claire Show, which just launched uh, this past week. But he calls it the uh, what does he call it the the really good job trap trap where you have you know this mm-hmm. job that's that's paying you just enough money to keep you um, happy, to keep you complacent, to keep you dedicating that time to it so you keep getting that paycheck um, and putting that time in to getting that paycheck is taken away from putting that time in to getting your freedom. So do, do you have any, any advice yeah. on, on something like that on how, or maybe how you approach that in, in your own, uh, your own journey? Yeah, there's so much to say here because I was just reading this book, uh, 4,000 Weeks. It's about, you know, kind of like it's called 4,000 Weeks Time Management for Mortals. And it's about how we look at time. And most people are just constantly living in the future. They're just they're they're trading their current happiness for some future moment that never arrives. And it it's and that's what I what I realized with for my own career and the the way I've kind of approached it is that like this idea that we have to work, you know, even 40 hours a week or, or whatever it is, it's just, it's just something that was made up and, uh, that, that we have to work at a company, you have to work at a corporation. I mean, that, that was drilled into my head for so many years and thinking that, that this is the only way to, to do things. And so I just look at like, what do I really need? And what are the things that I really want and need in my life? And I, I kind of boil it down to, it's not that many things. I mean, I like, I don't need a lot. And so right now I'm in Brazil and I just recently, um, I, I sized down, I was living in a two bedroom, two story townhouse and, uh, I was starting to accumulate a lot of stuff, but I moved out of that and I, uh, moved some stuff into storage, but I basically uh, just have a backpack worth of things that I have here and I'm here for a few months. Um, and it's, uh, you know, I don't, my happiness levels don't go down because I don't have my stuff. So, I just, I look at everything as like, um, what, what are the core things that I need in my life mm-hmm. to be happy and fulfilled and, and to be feeling like I'm, I'm doing what I want in life and not, not like, 
oh, I'm, I'm, I'm 100% about the future. Like I have to, I have to do all these things so that my future can be great or something. And um, so that's that's kind of how I, I look at it. You know, I'm, I'm pretty much a minimalist, and um, and you know, I, I just look at you know the core needs and the core you know the things that I, I enjoy and. Um, just go towards that and and live in trying to live in the present as much as possible. I know it sounds kind of cliche, but it's just that's that's what I've kind of learned over the years and not be so attached to things, you know, like cars. And, you know, before I left for Brazil, I actually totaled my car and it was like, oh, well, I don't need a car while I'm gone. So that's that's how it goes. And um, yeah, so not just, you know, not being attached. I have friends that are really happy that are that are, you know, they they don't have a lot of money, but they're, you know, like they're doing the things they want to do. Like I have a friend that works at Trader Joe's and he surfs every day and he's, he's totally yeah. happy with that. He's like, if I could surf every day, that's, that's all I need, you know, and I don't need to be uh, rich or I don't need to, you know, kill myself with working, you know, working the corporate ladder or any of that stuff. You mentioned uh, Tim Ferriss a, a minute ago and that got me thinking Tim Ferriss reading the, uh, his four hour work week was one of the things that really started me along my entrepreneurial journey and even, even, you know, considering doing, doing side hustles, that book really lit a fire under me. Um, we talked about Harry Brown a little bit. You mentioned Ron Paul. Um, I'm curious who your other influences have been and where you've really, um, who you've leaned on or maybe what, what books you've read to kind of, kind of build up your, your knowledge and, and, and build up the, uh, um, build up the courage, I guess, to, uh, to live this life. Yeah, that's a great question. I, I I love books. I think books are you know something you can they can change your life. You know if you if you if you take it seriously, and I yeah I liked uh, I liked Tim Ferriss's uh, for our work week that became a little bit outdated. I think you know in the in the next few years after you wrote it, but it's still some of the core concepts mm-hmm. there are pretty solid. But I you know I think that um and and you know we talked about Harry Brown uh, the How I Found Freedom. I think that is a core essential book to read. Is How I Found Freedom is so enlightening. Because it it it, it kind of teaches you to be um, to become you know independent and not be so tied to what is ha- you know like wh- what is the world around you doing? It's like you're carving out your own freedom. And Harry Brown did a series of lectures. Um, I'm trying to blank on the name of it, but it's it's sort of it's along the same lines of of how I found freedom, where he talks about um, you know kind of how to how to formulate your own philosophy in life and and not not be tied to like the status quo or what other people think you should be doing. And, you know, kind of what is it that you want in every situation? How can you be free, whether it's a friendship or a marriage or, um, or a a work situation Mm -hmm. or, you know, any number of things. So, yeah, I think those are two, two really good books. But, um, for me, it was, uh, one of the books that changed my life was, uh, Nathaniel Brandon. Uh, he's a psychologist and he wrote a series of books on self-esteem and uh, there's all of them were great, but um, there, he did a workbook. He, he has a workbook called The Art of Self-Discovery. And it, it, what it does is it, 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 it's these sentence completions. So you write out um, things that are that you, you are you know, in your life that you want to kind of figure out. And a lot of the, the book goes into like childhood stuff and how you feel about your parents and how you interact with, you know, people like right now and friends and things like that. And and it, it really woke me up to realizing that I didn't know myself that well before. And it's like this book got me to go like, wow, actually, there's some deeper parts mm. to myself that I didn't really know. And then once I kind of was able to get that self-knowledge about my history and like 
what I, you know, what I wanted to do when I was younger and why, you know, why things changed and, and, you know, what happened along the way and how I sort of, um, you know, felt about certain people in my life. It was like, it was, it was really eye opening, And I think that, you know, that kind of building up self-esteem and building up, uh, confidence and, and things like that are, are, you know, sort of the, I think the, the, um, the biggest, you know, the, you said influence, the biggest, uh, catalyst mm-hmm. for me of growth. And I think that's, um, yeah, I think th- those are, those are some of the books. Uh, I, I'd say that, that, that Nathaniel Brennan and Harry Brown are, are probably two of my biggest influences. That's a good way to put it. Catalyst, because I mean, we, ca- we grow up in this world. We, we live in this world. You know, many of us like myself, I don't know if you did, but you know, go through the American public school system and, and you kind of get that yep. individualism drilled out of you. You get it, you get it ironed out. I mean, and at least the case for me is you get set off down this path. You know, I, I went to college and after college, the expectation was get a job, you know, working for a corporation, get a good job, you get health insurance, then you can buy a house, you can start a family. And, you know, I mean, that's for a lot of people, if, if they want to go that route, that, that's perfectly fine. I mean, I'll, I'll get you know, people giving me pushback when I post something on Twitter about, you know, starting or on Twitter or mo- mostly on Facebook, I get this pushback. Um, for if, if I post something about entrepreneurship or, you know, starting a side hustle, making more money, people will say, well, pe- you know, people can be perfectly happy working a job, working a nine to five. Yes, they can. And we need that. We need people who work nine to five jobs. Absolutely. Um, other- otherwise, you know, if you own a company, how are you going to find people to work for you? So the, the world needs yeah. all kinds of different people. Um, when I'm, you know, trying to reach people, I'm, I'm not trying to reach those people. I'm trying to reach people who are stuck in those in those roles, in those jobs, and, and want out. So, um, yeah. I don't know where I was going with that. Just, it just, it's kind of a rant that just, that no. just took off. But any anything yeah. to add to that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, so it, when you were talking about that, I was thinking about this this idea of you know, we you said individualism and it's like, it's like individualism bad. And I, and even now, like I read things about this, I'm like, people just don't understand what individualism is. And, and I, in, in some, in, um, part of my book, I talk about this idea that, uh, people are, you know, there's a lot of people like libertarians like us, like we we're looking for, we're hoping the world can change and be more free. And w- there's all these different ways to go about that, but usually they involve, uh, getting other people to do things. And sometimes it's politics. Sometimes it's, uh, just, you know, if it's voluntarism, it's like, well, people should just think like this. They should adopt my philosophy and then the world would be so amazing. But what, what really the reality is we need to individually do this ourselves. We have to make ourselves free. Mm -hmm. We have to, in every way we possibly can, we have to free up our lives, whether that's financial freedom, which might be a great place to start. Um, but freeing up your relationships and freeing up, you know, just, just kind of how you're operating your life so that you can, you know, once you can feel free, then you can start to bring it out to your circle, your sphere of influence. And then, you know, it can go from there. You know, I, th- I think about it as like that pebble in the, in the water with the ripple effect and that can, can possibly work. I mean, if we're, if we're all becoming free ourselves and this is like a, you know, a ground up revolution or evolution, then, um, then we have a chance at freedom. But if, if everybody just kind of expects that others are going to change, then, you know, I see that as a, as kind of a dead end. What, what are your thoughts on the idea of financial freedom? I, I know you talked a little bit earlier about your, your friend who worked at Trader Joe's and, and surfs every day. Um, you know, people talk about having, having FU money where, and kind of, we got, I mean, FU money is kind of complicated because, you know, there's people who are, billionaires but 
and they have more money than anyone else in the world, but they really can't say and do anything they want because it would affect their corporation's right. bottom lines. It would affect you know their reputation and all these different things. So a few money might, might not be a, a good example, but when, when you hear financial freedom and when someone says, I've achieved financial freedom, what, what does that look like to you? Yeah, I would say uh, just to <laughs> respond to what you just said, I think Elon Musk might be the exception to that rule where he does have freedom to say whatever whatever he yeah. wants. So yeah, um, yeah, fi- financial freedom. Uh, I think that it's it's a it's a component of freedom, uh, and that's why I talked about in the book too. Is that it's financial freedom? Financial freedom is important, and it's important to me particularly, but. I, I don't think it's everything freedom. Like there's, there's all these, um, there's like the fire movement and there's, there's a lot of entrepreneurs that think if I can just get a financial freedom, then I'm free. Then that's that, that like for a lot of people, financial freedom is freedom. Like that's all, mm-hmm. that's all freedom is. It's just once I'm financially free, then I'm just free. But the, you know, like I talk about, there's so many aspects to freedom that, that that's just one of them. And, um, but I think it is important. I think there's, and there's, you know, I go back and forth. There's the, there's the kind of libertarian anarchist crowd who, uh, they, I think that a lot of them don't put enough emphasis on financial freedom. Like they, they want to have all this freedom in the world, but they're tied to something that they're kind of feeling stuck. And then there's the kind of entrepreneurial, uh, the world, world of entrepreneurs who a lot of them are, they're like, everything is financial freedom and who cares about the world? I'll just pay my taxes and everything's fine. Mm-hmm. And I think that's misguided. So I think there needs to be, um, you know, something that, that takes into account both. And, uh, yeah, for me, it's it's just like I I just I need to be doing something that I like to do, and uh, I I really feel like if I don't have financial freedom, there it's such a big thing that's missing in my kind of freedom equation that um, it just it just feels like that that needs to be you know made very important. Like that needs to be something that is uh, front and center in life um, if you want freedom. I mean if. Uh, because like, I, I, I like the idea of, uh, not having, you know, anxiety over money. I mean, that's, that, that seems to me to be the, the best kind of freedom when you're, when you just don't have to think about money, you're not, it's not, you know, it's something that, that you have, that you have enough of that, you know, all your core needs are taken care of. And, um, you can do those things that, you know, those fun things like the, the, the trip to Buenos Aires or, um, whatever, mm-hmm. whenever you want. And, you know, that's kind of, for me, that's, that's financial freedom, but, but it doesn't have to be a number. I mean, it can be for different people. It can be a different number. I mean, some people, um, it's very low and for others, it might be, you know, you might have to make like a million dollars a year or something, you know, it just, it really depends. Yeah. And it's, there's the whole other aspect to it when you bring in, you know, we, most developed countries, I think all developed countries actually have a fiat currency that's being devalued, especially right now with with the inflation we're seeing, the monetary inflation. And then when you bring in the fact of a set, you know potential of central bank digital currencies, I don't know how much you're you've looked at that or or are really, um, I guess worried about that or or planning for it in a in what you do, but it's kind of a whole different dynamic where. You know, if if you're living in the U.S. and you've created these these streams of income, you could be totally independent in how you're getting your income. But with something like a central bank di- digital currency, uh, we could come. There could come a time. I think eventually there probably will come a time in this country. I don't know if it's a year from now or 20 years from now, where 
uh, you have to do certain things, you have to live a certain way, you have to meet certain um, expectations that um, authorities put out there in order for you to be able to spend money um, in, in certain sectors. I think that's definitely going to come down the pike eventually. Um, is is that something that you're you're concerned about? And is I don't know if you're into Bitcoin and, and that whole scene, the crypto scene, or what's what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah, that's a great topic, and and it, it definitely has a lot to do with the financial freedom. Because really, if we have a CBDC, uh, we don't have freedom. I mean, that's that's like the ultimate like dagger mm-hmm. in the in the heart of freedom. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a big fan of Bitcoin, and I, I think that you know like it's got a a, a really bright future right now, and um, I think it's going to be it's just getting started. And I but I think that we need to. We really need to be worried about this, this central bank digital currency stuff because, um, uh, yeah, and I think they. I just read that the that Turkey, the, the Turkish government, is is moving towards that, or they just announced that they're they're um, they're kind of starting to push it uh, on onto their their people. So um, I, I think the good thing about the U.S. though is that I think we're going to be one of the last places that it'll work. I think there's going to be uh, we have some time to get ready for this. Um, I, I don't think it's going to be like overnight. They're going to just pull some switches and make it happen. I think we're, we're going to, we're, there's going to be some time where, uh, like I'm in, I'm in Brazil right now. And I, I think this country is much more ripe for, for a CBDC because they already have a system right now that, that like they give up their social security number whenever they buy groceries. And it's, it seems crazy to Americans. What? Wait, wait, say, they do. Say, they, say that again. You, yeah. They give their social security number when they buy groceries. Yeah, it's it, anything. If you buy anything, if you go out and buy something here, uh, they'll ask you uh, uh, CPF. What's your CPF? CPF is the same as a social security number. And, is that for uh, tax, put it in tax the purposes or what, what's the reason behind that? Yeah. Yeah. So people uh, are incentivized to give their number because the government gives them some sort of refund at the end of the year. It's like, oh, you bought so much, you know, you paid this much, then we'll give you this back. So people here have no problem. They just give out their number and that's it. And so it's like, that's, you know, this, this country is already getting there, but I mean, the good thing here too, is they do use cash a lot. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can use cash everywhere and, and, and that works, but, um, but yeah, I think we need off ramps. I mean, I think this, this is the thing is we, we need off ramps to this, to the system, even if the, the, the central, you know, the fed coin and all, even if they're not going to happen for many years, I think, it's still important to have off-ramps because, of, like you said, inflation is is just getting started. I mean, people are going crazy about uh, you know the gas prices, and um, and people say, oh, it's all Biden's fault because whatever. But you know, this has been going on for decades. It's not. This isn't just Biden. Yeah. This isn't like oh, we get a new president and oh, inflation's fine. You know, it's like no, this is a big this is a big problem. And you know, the way Europe's dealing with it, they're just saying, oh, it's just a random fluke occurrence that inflation just kind of happened and it'll just kind of go away and. Like no, no, this is this is a serious thing. So so yeah, I think uh, I think we need to take Bitcoin seriously, and you know I think eventually it's going to get out of this bear market, and and it'll be um, that's that you know that's where we want to be, and and also having gold and having some of the assets you know that that are not just not just digital but also physical assets. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. The thing with Bitcoin with me is it needs to get to the point where it's it's utilized and we're using it. Um, you know, mm-hmm. if it's going to be, you know, truly electronic cash, as, as is written in, in the white paper, which I mean, it's great for that, but it's it's not really 
being used, you know, th- that much. And it's, it's really being used as, as a store of value right now. And I just don't know how it can get to the to the next phase to really be a, an off-ramp to the dollar or, you know, whatever whatever country that you're in, in unless we start using it more. And it seems like a lot of the Bitcoin community doesn't want to use their Bitcoin. So it's kind of like this uh, chicken or egg uh, conundrum. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I think that it, one of the problems is that in, in the US, we just don't have a need for it. There really isn't a need. But there are countries now and there are places that are actually using it. So like Buenos Aires, I have a, um, I have a company that um, we do WordPress development and WordPress support. And uh, I have a developer in Argentina. He lives in Buenos Aires and he uses Bitcoin. We pay him Bitcoin. Uh-huh. So it's, it's very interesting because in, in Ar- Argentina is a total basket case. It's a mess. It's a it's a socialist nightmare, and uh, they you can't you can't just rely on the currency, the peso. It's it it doesn't work. It's like it, you know your the value just keeps getting eroded away. So they're used to having alternatives, and you know a lot of times it's U.S. dollar, but now they're using Bitcoin a lot. And um, so he when I we offered to pay him in Bitcoin, he he took the offer right away because. Uh, he uses Bitcoin. He, I also know he stores it. So he, so this is an example of, you know, I use Bitcoin. It's, it's a much payment method, much better than like PayPal. Uh, no fees, instant transfer, yeah. you know, all that. And uh, he, he needs it. So I'm using it to pay him. It's great for us. It's great for him because, <clears throat> because he can use it. And, um, and he may have to uh, transfer it to pesos sometimes, but um it you know it's it, it is being used so i, I got and, and there's places in africa you know there, there's a list of countries where it's being used and of course el salvador has adopted it so there's there there are examples now it's just that in the richer country in the first world countries for the most part you know it's just, there's just no need except for privacy which uh, a lot of people don't seem to care about anymore so yeah it's a good i, I think we've lost lost so much privacy that it's like a people have just stopped caring they, they that everything's out there in the open they just i mean you, you hear from people oh so what if they can see my browser history oh so you're fine with us publishing your browser history on the you know the the front page of fox news or cnn or whatever no yeah. no what are you talking about you're, you're not okay with it then uh it's it, people right. just get this weird uh i don't know it it, it doesn't make any sense so they just kind of make things seem okay when they're not. But I kind of want to pivot here for a minute and kind of get back to your, your book a little bit. And, you know, the book is called The The Rebel's Guide to Freedom. So a key component of that is becoming a, a rebel, right? And uh, I'm curious around that idea of, of a rebel. Like, what are some characteristics of of a rebel in your mind? Yeah, so uh, the idea of the book title, The Rebel's Guide, is based on the fact that I think most people would say they are rebels. Like a lot, I mean, like a lot of the world would say, if you ask them, like, you think you're a rebel? Yeah, I'm a rebel. And so, you know, but 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 how many people actually like are able to kind of dig in and, and access that part of them? Because I think everybody has a part that is, that they have a rebel part that's like, you know, the things around me just aren't right. And I'm sort of rebelling against whatever it is around me. And, you know, I think it, everybody does it in a different way. But, um, you know, I talked about like kind of getting to know yourself earlier and like, and I think that's how we access this rebel part. And that, that's how we change. That's how we individually will be able to change the world is to say, okay, so, um, you know, I, I, I have this rebel part of me 
And how can I use it for good? How can I use it for uh, to help myself, help the world? Um, because you know the, the 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 typical idea of a rebel is like you know throwing Molotov cocktails and you know like um, tearing things down and things like that. But but my idea is more of like building up. Mm-hmm. Is like you know I'm I'm rebelling against the current system. The current system is not is it doesn't work. You know, and so we have to we have to. Uh, rebel against that, but by rebelling against, we need to build up and be for something else. So it's not about, you know, just being, you know, against, because like for me, I went through uh, a lot of my school years of just hating it, just internally, just burning up and just hating every part of school, every, you know, class and every teacher and every, everything was just like, so I was rebelling, but I didn't really know what to do with that. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't, uh, like I said, I didn't like, get a mohawk or, or whatever. Um, but instead I just wasn't really that happy with, with the situation just kind of dealt with it. And I think that's what so many people do in their lives. And we saw with COVID how easy it was for, you know, kind of the, the powers to just say, you know, Hey, um, everybody needs to wear a mask. And then it's like, like in lockstep, like everybody just put the mask on and that was it. And everybody needs to stay home. Okay. I guess we're staying home now. And it's like, but I think all those people, every single one of those people have the ability to kind of say, wait a minute, no, I'm an individual here. I, I have, you know, like I have a part of me that, that, that doesn't agree with this. And I think we all have that, that, that potential. And, you know, I think that's what it takes to, to sort of, um, you know, build a better world. Yeah. It's, well, it's, it's interesting now speaking of, speaking of the masking, you have this, and I don't know how legitimate it is, but there was that, that article. I don't, I don't know if you saw it talking about, well, we need, we need COVID amnesty, you know, people, made mistakes yeah. and, you know, maybe, maybe went too far. And I, I've seen some people being genuine on Twitter saying, you know, I want to apologize to the guy in Costco who had told him to pull his mask up in uh, September of 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. And people are admitting that they were, they were fooled by this, which is, which is good to see. Um, I guess my, my fear with that kind of just going back to COVID for a minute is I, I think it could happen again in an instant. I mean, they could. It could be another another strain of COVID, or it could be a totally different um, virus, and they could do. I they could do the exact same thing, and everybody would fall right back in line. And that's that's the scary part for me. And I kind of want to take it there for the next question. So after seeing what could happen with COVID, um, and you know, you're a guy that has you know has responded to that and really taken action, and uh, you know not just talked about it, but, but actually changed your life, changed um, the way you operate your life and, and your business and all that stuff. Um, what types of things can you do in your position now? And what types of things, I guess it's two questions, answer it how you want to. So mm-hmm. for yourself personally now, what, what are you doing to insulate yourself from a potential COVID 2.0 or, or whatever? Um, and what mm-hmm. types of things should other people start to be doing now? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I, yeah, I just, you know, thinking back to, to COVID and that, that, that what you just brought up that, that story about the, um, you know, like looking, looking back and what did, what did, what happened and how, how people were treating each other and things like that. It's, it's really terrible. And I think that it needs to be acknowledged a lot more that this was traumatic for mm-hmm. a lot of people. I mean, you know, the, the people that stayed home for two years or whatever, and, and then just having people cover up their faces and all this. And I mean, it's, it was, a, it was a, it was like a, a trauma that was inflicted mm-hmm. on, you know, millions of people. 
So I think there needs to be more, um, you know, more of a recognition of that. But yeah, individually, I think there's a lot of things. Um, I'm, I'm getting away from getting caught up in the news. Like that's one thing is like, I I don't think it's healthy to pay attention to news all the time. I mean, I think there's like, instead of, you know, constantly having the, the, the news stream, I'm, I'm dipping into it here and there. And it's, it's a much better, I feel like it's, it's healthier to, to not be so tied in with what's happening in the news, because even if we're, you know, we can be independent thinkers, you know, free thinkers, and we can say, we can look at a headline and go, yeah, that's probably BS, Mm -hmm. right? Like if New York times said it, probably like 80 to 90% of, of the time, it's not true, you know? So we can do that, but it's still seeping into our brains, right? It's still kind of like you, you, you read all these headlines or you look at Twitter and this is, this is the news of the day. There's still sort of a thing where it's like, oh, now I have to respond to that. Like this happened, yeah. now I, I must respond. And I think there's something that's not so freeing about that, there, that, that you're still tied. And I, you know, there's a lot of shows, there's a lot of podcasts that are just current events. And they just like, the, every every podcast, it's like, oh, we're going to talk about the queen dying or whatever the latest thing is, or or the Ukraine war, or and I feel like that's that's kind of leading us down this. There, it's kind of like going along with what they want us to think. You know, if there's an agenda out there, then even responding in the in you know being the contrarian and saying, well, I'm going to respond to it and say what is the what's the truth here. You're still responding to what they want you to respond right. to, right? So it's like we're being led around. You know, like the, the, there, there's some like uh, the media just is leading us around with these stories. And it's it, it really bothers me that that so many people just take it like like when we when we shifted from covid, you know, and I think Biden came out and said, well, covid is actually over. And then it was right then that we had to pay attention to Ukraine. It was like oh, and, yeah. and so many people just instantly bought it and they instantly put the little flag <laughs> on their Twitter. And it was like, you got really like we're really just going to go with the next thing. And they, they told us to so that. So, you know, now it's, you know, it's, it's shifting to, what is it shifting to now? I don't, I, you know, I can't keep up. Climate, I get climate like, change. It feels like a shift to, to climate change and, and then that. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and yeah, like, but it's, you know, so I think that, you know, just sort of shutting that down or, or keeping it to a very minimum um, of, of what the media is, is saying. And I know it's interesting. Sometimes it, it's fascinating to, to hear about, like, what is the WEF? what's their agenda, what's the next thing and all that. But, but I think it's just, you know, building your own bubble, you know, I think, um, that, it, building your own bubble and, 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 you know, learning things. Like, I think that that is, that's been really helpful for me personally is like, like, you know, I have a business and, uh, I do, I'm, I'm the founder of my business. I do kind of a little bit of a lot of things. And one of the things I do is sales. And I was like, um, I, you know, our sales were starting to drop and I'm like, well, one of the th- things that I need Im- to improve on is my own ability to sell. And so I, I've been digging into books on that and, you know, picking up tips and like, I'm actually learning and I'm getting better. And I'm like, this is, my, this is fulfilling for me. And it's, it's like, th- these are the kind of things I think that, that people can focus on, like what is going to be fulfilling for yourself and, and, you know, try to, try, try to ignore the, um, you know, all the, the noise out there and to just dig in. And, you know, I'm also learning a language right now. And it's like, these are, these are the kind of things that, that I think where people can be happier, more free, and also the, contributing to a greater world or a better world. Yeah. And a couple of things you're talking about right there, learning a skill or learning a language, 
Um, those are areas where you can measure your individual progress and you can see yourself starting in one area and getting better. And I think that's, I mean, at least for me personally, I think a lot of people are, you know, can probably relate to this, that in in times in their life when they're not feeling progress, those are probably times when you maybe you get a little bit depressed, you get stressed out, you feel like there's, you know, you, you feel kind of hopeless. At least I've, I've been in that situation. But in times in your life when you are making progress, and sometimes maybe that's at a corporate job, sometimes that, that's maybe in, in you know, a different part of your life, sometimes that, that's, that's when you're building a business. But if you're not finding that progress, that that's when that's when things start to go sideways. So I I, I totally agree with you. I, I think that is that is so very important. And you know I would just stress to my audience like if you're in that place, look look throughout your life and be like, am I making progress anywhere? Am I learning a new skill? You know maybe it's as simple. Maybe you don't need to like quit your job and start a business. Learn a skill. Learn a language. I mean I think that's that's great advice right there. Hundred percent. So b- building building on that. You know, we've talked about kind of how politics probably is not the way that we're going to achieve freedom. We've talked about, you know, kind of this, uh, the concern with a central bank digital currency and using Bitcoin and cryptocurrency as, as an off-ramp to that. And, you know, talking about your life, how you've built up your your own business and your own income stream, um, you know, we, we by utilizing your, your own skill set. I'm curious, you know, looking forward to the future, when you look out, you know, 10, 20 years, and I, I like to be optimistic about the future. Um, I think that's really the only, it's the only way to be. I mean, if you're pessimistic about the future, I, I don't know. It's kind of going back to that progress thing. If you're just seeing regression in the future, I, I don't know how you're going to make it through life. So looking at the future optimistically, um, how do you see this world kind of evolving um, hopefully evolving into more of a uh, entrepreneurial space, into more of a a uh, free space. Yeah, that's great. I, I, I agree with you completely about optimism uh, versus pessimism because where does pessimism get you? <laughs> like it's like individually, like pessimism is is a, it's a downward spiral. It's um, and and uh, you know I think this like. The, the last few years, it's been like, are you black pilled or red pilled or white pilled or whatever? And I think, yeah, the only pill to take is the white pill because uh, that's that's how things happen. I mean, like anything that was ever any great accomplishment that's in human history, it's only been by optimists. Like there's never been an accomplishment by somebody that thought everything sucked. And, you know, it's like there's nothing I can do. So I give up. So so I think that that's a good that's a, that's a really good um, point that um we, yeah, we need to, we need to stay, you know, we need to stay optimistic. I think that's, uh, yeah, that's the way to go. So, so yeah, as far as the future goes, um, I, you know, I, I'd say that you can, there's to some level, to some degree, you could build your own future, right? There's, there's, there's obviously forces out there that are, you know, that are going to have various effects on what you do. But I think that it's, it's important to take an individual approach to the future and not think so much about, you know, what's happening in the world. It's, it's tough. I mean, I, I, they just had an election here in Brazil and it's, it's crazy because it's, it's all like, it's all encompassing. It's like the election is everything, but you know, really like how much is a president going to change the, your life? I mean, you know, that's what I, I've, I've been telling people here. It's like, okay, the socialist won, you know, that, that was, that was what happened. The socialist guy won. And, you know, that sounds terrible, but like, is he going to change your life 
by what what percent of of your life is 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 the, this guy going to change? Now maybe it's 0.3 percent or something. Um, but it, or, or what about other things that you can do yourself to have an effect? Like maybe maybe the the new president has has a 0.3 percent uh, negative effect on your life. But is there other other things that you can do to overcome that and override that and be like, okay, I'm I'm going to raise my life much much higher than that. I I I want to go up like twenty percent, and so that 03 percent is not going to matter as much to me. So I think that it's it's really important to think like that and to, to think about more of a freedom quotient than to think like, well, the future is is really what happens at the WEF, or the future is, um, you know what. Joe Biden said the other day, like those aren't that relevant to your individual, your specific life. It's more, much more relevant in terms of what you can do to carve out that freedom. Um, of course, you know, this is, I, I still, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely pro Liberty. And I think that the mindset people's mindset, uh, needs to change. And we, we, you know, we can, individually affect the people around us and that that will spread out you know if we keep talking about this stuff your podcast and also entrepreneurs and also people that are you know like just pushing back on the system i think every all of it is going to matter like i think it it you know it really it really is important but um but overall i think it's it's what you can do individually and and how you're spending your time you know, each day, um, you know, are, are you maximizing your present moments or are you dwelling on, uh, things that are really pretty much completely out of your, your control? Yeah, no, I think that's, that's great advice. So I've, I've been asking this question to my guests recently and, you know, you can kind of take it anywhere you want to, um, especially, especially, you know, that you, you've written a book and I'm sure there's, you know, there, there's a, a lot of great nuggets in that book. Um, we talked about a, a lot of different things today, uh, but there might be something that you was hope you were hoping that I was going to ask you about that, that I didn't ask you about. So th- this is your chance to uh, really take the conversation in, in a direction that you want to. Is there anything today that, uh, you know, I didn't ask you that, that maybe I should have, I, I was remiss not to, that you'll, you'd like to uh, speak to my audience about? Yeah, no, this has been a great chat. Um, I love your questions. Uh, but I, yeah, I think that there would be, uh, you know, one of the things I, I get into in, in my book, The Rebel's Guide to Freedom, is one component of freedom is relationships mm-hmm. and how, you know, kind of how we treat each other. Uh, and, and this is a major, major thing. And I think it gets overlooked a lot is like, you know, um, are we getting along with each other? Because if we're not, then how are we going to have freedom? Like it's, it's so difficult to have freedom. So, uh, I, I think that, you know, really taking a look, first of all, doing sort of an inventory on the people that are closest to you and what value that they bring and then what value you bring them. And what is, what are the dynamics of these relationships um, is it, it's really important. And I think that, uh, having, you know, sort of, you know, actually doing, uh, a judgment on, you know, who is, who is it that I want in my life and, and for what reason. And, um, and then, you know, like if there are issues with certain relationships that you have, um, you know, sort of figure these things out. Like if your parents are alive and they're in your life and, but yet you have this animosity towards them for one reason or another, I think it's important to clear those things up. Um, and I think it, you know, and then with friendships, like, uh, you have things with your friends that, you know, like, do you have friends that are on the same path as you that are on the path of growth, right? That they want to grow, that they, they're not holding you back. 
um, you know, that's, I think that's really important. And there's a lot of tools out there that I like to use that, that can really help with, um, having better relationships like the, the nonviolent communication, which emphasizes empathy, you know, empathy comes first, like, you know, empathy doesn't mean that you agree with them, but it means that you can, you can see it from their point of view. You can go, okay, how, how does, how does that person see this and how can, how can we build a bridge here? And, and that can work with whether it's a, a someone in, close in your life or someone that you totally disagree with and you're, you know, you're in, in person, you're, you're mm-hmm. talking to them and maybe they, um, they think that, uh, Biden is the greatest president that's ever, uh, existed. And you, you don't have to agree with any of their points of view, but you can empathize with them and, and start to, to start to build something where it's like, you don't have to hate them because they have a, a little different, you know, a different opinion about some political thing or, um, or whatever it is. I mean, you know, it could be something else, but it just, you know, this idea that, um, that we can, we can build a freer world, but still be battling with each other like this. I, I think it's, it's going to be really tough. So I think we need to, you know, really focus on, on, on empathizing with each other. I think, I mean, that's such a, such a great point. And, you know, I, I was just thinking back when you were talking like, we were talking about Twitter earlier, and you know, I I I do look at Twitter pretty much every day, and I, I really need to stop because mm. what you do, you you get in this habit <laughs> of you you see this, you know, this this uh, th- this face on Twitter with you know something written next to it, and you're just taking this just in that context. You have no idea what's going on in that person's life who posted that, what they're going through, um, or or what they've been through, and and how they how they got to that point. And I, I think that's such a dangerous thing with social media. And then we end up boiling our, our good friends kind of down to that, you know, be it on a Facebook post or, or a Twitter post, someone who maybe we grew up with, then we kind of fall out of touch. And then we see something that they posted and you get in this huge argument over it. And it's like, what what are we even doing here? Like, this is crazy. But that's right. that's the world we live right. in today. It's nuts. Yeah. And, and then also seeing like with Twitter, it's like people mistake Twitter for the real world. And mm-hmm. it is not. It's like it's not. It's like people are battling with each other. And, you know, like I do look at Twitter every day as well. Um, but, I, you know, I see these people that are just full of hatred, like the other side, the blue team is is the worst thing ever and the red team and this and that. And and it's like this is not the real world because they go out, they, they walk out of their house and they're seeing normal everyday people that have complete opposite viewpoints of them and hello, how are you doing? And it's just, you know, everything's fine. But on Twitter, it's a, it's a battle zone. And, um, you know, it's like, I just, I, I look at Twitter as like, it's not, you know, it's not real. It's only a small percentage of even like Americans. Like, I think it's like 6% are even on Twitter and let alone even engage with Twitter. So I, I you know, it's a tiny percentage of people. And these are the ones that are going to be the most willing to argue and things like that. So I think it, it, it skews uh, you, people's perception of the world. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, you know, it, 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 it's not, it's, it's not the world. It's a few people. And, you know, for the most part you go outside and most interactions are pretty pleasant and nice and, you know, and you can get along with people. And I, you know, I, I barely speak any Portuguese, but I can, you know, I, people say hello here all the time and it's like, I have, it's pretty nice. So I, I think that's the, that's more of the attitude to take is, is instead of, boiling over about these online debates and stuff it's like just realize that it's that's that's not the the reality yeah go out and talk to people <laughs> that's the takeaway go <laughs> exactly. go and uh make eye contact and, and say hello to a stranger but uh yeah 
So, Kevin, before I let you go here, I uh, need to get all your plugs where people can, can buy your book, listen to your podcast, find find all your work, and uh, anything else that you have. Yeah, it's just freedomlovin.com. It's lovin' without the G, uh, freedomlovin.com. And if you want to check out the book, it's freedomlovin.com slash book. And um, yeah, it's uh, that's it. My podcast is there. And um, I'm, I'm on Twitter, also freedomlovin' way, freedomlovin' way. Uh, so yeah, I'd love to have people that, um, I agree with follow me on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think we all do. We need that echo chamber. It's, it keeps us yes. safe. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but, no, but seriously, Kevin, this has been, this has been a pleasure, man. Really enjoyed getting to talk to you. We'll have to have you back on, um, down the road and, uh, continue the conversation. So thanks for coming on. Yeah, John, thanks so much. I really appreciate it. I love, love chatting with you. All right. Thank you. All right. Hope you guys enjoyed that episode today with Kevin Koskela. Um, I had a great time talking with him. Um, had the chance to to connect with Kevin and really saw immediately how much the two of us had in common in you know not only uh, how we want to control our own lives, but how we look at really um, you know using capitalism using business using our skill sets as a way to find freedom uh, in a more powerful way, in a more impactful way uh, than using politics to do so. And I'm I'm not shy about saying that. I don't think politics is an entire waste of time. I do think there is a, a time and a place for politics. I think in a large part, probably a lot of what the Libertarian Party does is probably misplaced energy, and much of the benefit of the Libertarian Party and the Mises Caucus does come from the community that they're building, and not necessarily anything they're doing, um, at least much of what they're doing in the political arena, um, except for maybe once they do get into some bigger races, well, it's twofold, bigger races or localized efforts. The bigger races, presidential races, are going to help to grow the numbers, which is important to grow your community bigger, bring people in, new faces, new contacts, new business uh, organizations, new opportunities for people. I think that's big on the community um, uh, level. And then localized effort, which I think is I think is very important, which the Mises Caucus and the Libertarian Party is getting better at that. So that's cool. But this show is not about that. This show is about improving yourself and building skills, making money, and controlling your time. And that's what we all want to do. So hopefully you guys enjoyed today's show. If you did, please go to Finding Freedom, the Finding Freedom solo feed, and give me a five-star uh, rating and they uh, leave a nice little review. If you do, I will read it on the air if you'd like me to, or if you don't, or there's no way of knowing really, even if you don't want me to, I probably still will read it unless you say in the review, please don't read this on air. Then I won't, but that would be kind of weird to do. But if you want to do that, I would still appreciate that review. So please go ahead. And if you haven't yet, or maybe you've been thinking about doing it, thinking about joining the Lions of, of Liberty Pride, is no time like the present, guys. We're coming up on, uh, I can't believe it, to the end of 2022. And, you know, there's no better time to get surrounded by like-minded people. You can be in our Facebook group. You can hear our, 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 you know, our bonus content, our degenerate gamblers that we have every single week this time of year. 
Conspiracy Lies and Cover-Ups, which is our conspiracy show, which is once every month or six weeks or so. Brian has his Good Morning Bleephead show every single weekday. We throw in other random bonus stuff. Uh, we're going to be doing a Lion, libertarians and living rooms drinking liquor coming up. That'll be in our main feed, but we'll probably, we will have a, a bonus uh, portion of that as well. So there's so much stuff. There's so much stuff. Go to patreon.com slash lines of liberty or lines of liberty.locals.com and join for as little as $5 a month. And uh, you will not regret it. I promise you that. So, ladies and gentlemen, without uh, wasting any more of your time, or maybe I will waste, no, I won't waste any more of your time. I will send you on your way. It is the beginning of the week if you're listening to this on a Monday. So, please have a great week. Go out and get uncomfortable. Make some interesting decisions. Put yourself in difficult situations. And always remember to keep your head up in the fires of Liberty Burning. <laughs> 